Welcome to Daybreak with Ted Tibbett and Michael Paul. If you have a comment, you can call us now at 261-0898 or pound 981 on any ceasefire device. Our email is newsradiomornings at gmail.com. Good morning. It is 7-16, 60 minutes after 7. Weird, funky weather coming up. But the man with the plan is in the house. Good morning, Gene Valentino. And a pleasant good morning. Gino, good to, uh, good to talk to you again. We, we talked to you a few minutes ago testing some new equipment. And, uh, and so, yeah, it sounds pretty good. I'm glad, that you, uh, I'm glad that you were able to join us today. You know, you and I really haven't discussed any, anything uh, in, in, uh, pertaining to this segment this morning, I should say. So, uh, you know, I'll just let you start it out. You got, got anything on your mind this week? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> Do I have any? You, you ought to light a match in the gas tank and wonder if it's going to explode is what you <laughs> Yeah, it, incredible. Anyway, okay, so Nancy Pelosi in the middle of the night takes all her Democratic cronies. Off they go with a new budget resolution. It was, an, it was a congressional uh, act, and, of course, it was a pork, bell, pork barrel of uh, things in it. Over a trillion dollars. First of all, they extend the, the, the budget for only four days to give them the ability to jump on planes and go on a little retreat. And then at the retreat with their own DJ and entertainment, they uh, get to uh, relish in the celebration of a budget that they slipped through. Not one Republican in the United States Congress was able to look at it until 2 o'clock in the morning yesterday, and it, they closed the, the, the um, deadline on voting and on the budget uh, uh, for just a few hours later. The problem is the budget, the, the resolution was 2,400 pages. Now, I don't know about you, but I cannot get through 2,400 pages reasonably involving a responsible decision on my part as a congressman to vote up or down on a bill involving over a trillion dollars of the American taxpayers' money. This is another outrageous stunt done in the middle of the night to um, to um, uh, do an end run around the spirit of the rules of the United States Congress. They, you know, they got to go. It's, it's incredible what they do. This is a great example, and, and I go back to this occasionally, and I know you have some ideas as well. But if we don't do something about this at some point in the very near future, one of the things we can do is to have a convention of the states. There's already, uh, I think, I think South Carolina voted on this yesterday. I can't, I didn't, I didn't ever see the result. I just knew there was a scheduled vote, but they would be the 18th state. Now, of course, you need 34 states to call a convention of the states, and there are a number of other states out there that have this on the agenda for this year. But unless we take the power back that was, that, that belongs to the states, the federal government is going to continue to get ever more oppressive, ever more powerful, and there's going to come a point in time when it just doesn't matter anymore. You, you'll never be able to do anything about it. You know, Michael, you and I have never disagreed on the end game and how we get there. 
uh, how we get there may differ. There's different strategies uh, uh, that could be employed along the way, and I'm up for it. I, I hate to say it. I would resist talking about the Convention of the States maybe six months to a year ago, but when I see such egregious, deplorable behavior coming out of the Democrats in the United States Congress to pervert the system that was intended by our forefathers requires action at home. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a stunt on their part to convey a certain narrative and a certain level and, and hold on to a certain level of power, which, by the way, they're going to lose in November. But until then, we're stuck with these antics that uh, are obscene. And then on the national news, we're all watching. Did you notice this morning or yesterday and uh, the ambassador to the U.N., uh, uh, Linda Thomas Greenfield, she goes against her boss, Mr. Biden, and says that Putin is committing war crimes in the Ukraine. That is a major revelation that policymakers high ranking uh, are now con uh, going against uh, President um, Biden directly, and there's Press Secretary Jen Psaki going into a tailspin trying to figure out how to maneuver out of that comment. I can't, I just can't get over the, the level of um, duplicity uh, that hurts this nation, and they think they can get away with it. It's wrong. Well, Nancy Pelosi knows, I think, that something's coming for her this November. It, it's, it's looming out there. She knows that it's possible that she's going to lose her speakership. And I suspect, it's, you know, after that, I suspect we'll see Nancy go down and uh, go to the wayside, along with possibly Chuck Schumer, because, you know, there are even some on the left that are trying to put together someone to run against him uh, in a, in a primary, so they want to primary their their uh, how their excuse me the Senate Majority Leader. This tells you that, that first of all the Democratic Party is in disarray. They are there are two factions of the Democratic Party, very few moderate Democrats left. But you can look to West Virginia and you can see one with Joe Manchin. Uh, you can look to Arizona, Christian Cinema. Uh, there's another. And there are others out there that would that would follow if uh, if they didn't have so much pressure from the left. But all of this pressure that the left has put on the uh, the Democratic Party, I think, is going to come to fruition this November. What do you think? Well, I think it's I think they're they're desperate and they're making some final moves to uh, have some influence and to create a legacy which are going to fail. I think the American citizens are rising up or will rise up. I think they are seeing, um, they're looking through the noise and beginning to see the reality about this government. You know, I was watching Senator Tom Cotton uh, talk about, uh, about blankets, uh, talk about rising up and defending your democracy. Tom Cotton comes out and says, uh, we're, uh, Biden is blinking to the antics of aggression by Putin in Ukraine. But Putin is convinced that Biden is scared of him if and therefore we have resisted in providing armament to Ukraine. Hey, wait a minute. It was just a few decades ago. The war was called the Vietnam War and North North Vietnam 
was being supplied all sorts of aircraft and fighter jets and, and armament against us defending South Vietnam. We didn't make a stink about it, and, and, and Putin just went ahead and did it. What is the fear of us trying to help out? The, it's a moral issue first. Yes, Ukraine is not part of NATO. I get it. I hear also we'd be steadfast and go full bore if, if Ukraine, if um, anybody in the NATO alliance was, um, was attacked. I might add one small side note, though. I sure could, we sure could have used their help in return when the southern border of the United States got inundated with uh, illegals coming over the line in masses. Now something close to 12 million illegal and undocumented folks throughout the United States of America, two to three million in the last year and a half coming over that border. Hey, do we get any help from NATO? Hell no. We got insurgents. And uh, terrorists slipping in amongst those 300 that came in over the border. So here's my suggestion. Okay, 12 million undocumented, 3 million in the last year and a half from the southern border. Let's say, take out women and children. Let's say there's at least 1 million of those 3 million that are uh, legitimate um, uh, uh, candidates for our United States military. You want to become a citizen? You join our military for two to four years. You become a citizen. You earn right to citizenship and voting by giving this nation two to four years of your time and learn a little bit about our democracy along the way. Tell me who Abraham Lincoln is, and I'll be impressed. And then turn around and defend this nation from a democracy. I might submit that by the time they get out of that two to four year stint, then have a different attitude about America and the uh, beauty and the rights and the privileges to have become an American and free when they leave the military to open their own business and contribute with taxes and employment to this nation's productivity instead of us paying off the dole to support them to stay home right now. I have had enough. Yeah, I know, and I think I said enough. <laughs> yeah, well, back to Joe Biden, and and you know when we look at the Cuban Missile Crisis with Russia back then the Soviet Union, we had John Kennedy. We 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 saw John Kennedy make uh, Khrushchev blink. We had Ronald Reagan in the 1980s when the the Soviet Union and the the wall came down. You, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Today we have we have Joe Biden, and remember, even Barack Obama said about Joe Biden, "Never underestimate Joe's ability to f things up." So just keep that in mind, and he is effing this thing up pretty bad. Now here's what I would do: I would call Putin. They got a hotline. I would call. I would say, "Look, you're going to back out of uh, Ukraine right now." We're going to give you an opportunity to start turning your troops around and get out. Or I'm going to start sending warplanes over there. I'm going to I'm going to make uh, this is going to be bad. Oh, and you want to talk about nuclear weapons? We got some, too. So if you even yeah. think for one second that you're going to use those, please, if you do, remember that Russia will be nothing but a sand parking lot. I mean, that's exactly Donald how Trump, you got to talk to this guy. That's correct, Michael. Donald Trump had him spooked. 
he not only knew where their houses was, but showed him pictures of it and said, "You better not, you better not do anything to hurt uh, anybody, because we're we'll we'll have a bomb in your living room." There's only one way to deal with a bully. You got to be tough with them because bullies don't like people that are tough. They don't want to. They don't really want to fight. They just want to bully their way through. That's what he's doing now. He's bullying his way. He knows that he has superior forces that can eventually take the Ukraine. Now he'll never hold it in the sense that he could go ahead and put a puppet government in, no problem. But the people there are not going to submit to him ever. So it's going to be. It's going to be. I think he's really surprised actually at how things have turned for him in in the Ukraine. So oh, he's it, yeah, he's he's definitely got a dead end here. Uh, he even cut off the media and uh, uh, broadcast channels in in Russia for his own citizens, the Russian citizens, understanding clearly the way we do what's been going on in Ukraine. I'll tell you what, if they did, there'd be a bigger insurrection at home on his back door, never mind Ukraine. And I yeah. think that's about to come, because uh, the difference between the, Viet, uh, the Vietnam War and this Ukrainian war is that the Vietnam War was handled by news reporters in a one-day delay on news feeds coming in from the Far East. Here, here today, the Ukraine, everyone's holding an iPhone in their hand, and you're looking at live broadcast as it happens, which makes the air within five to ten minutes. So for all intents and purposes, we're looking at Ukraine's activity in real time, which allows for a immediate righteous indignation on the world's part. Remember, Putin doesn't even use a cell phone or deal with social media in his own environment. So he's getting everything second, third hand from those around his inner circle that choose to keep him in the dark or keep him ill-informed on the reality of uh, his um, of his circumstances. Uh, we one thing I know for sure is that the sanctions against Russia will probably work because of the rallying cry, the hue and cry of all of the nations of the world now coming together to stick it to Putin. The problem is there's a delay on that. He may take over Ukraine before those sanctions are realized. However, his backup military, his backup resources are paper thin, and it's highly unlikely. Uh, he better strike within 24 hours. Uh, he should have struck within 48 hours when he first invaded. This thing's protracted out now, and he's going, oh, boy, I got a problem on my hands now. Every day going by, Ukraine's being fed more resources by the other NATO alliance. And um, I think uh, we as Americans need to feed that alliance to supply Ukraine with the necessary armament that could take out some of this archaic Russian uh, uh, armament uh, that's trying to invade haphazard. Yeah, wow. That's it. 15 minutes, and here we are. The music is playing. So thank you for joining us. One thing I think we have learned, though, is that the Russian military, they're not 10 feet tall, and it looks like that most of their military is nothing more than a paper tiger. That's it. All right, Gene, thanks for joining us uh, on Friday as you normally do. We'll see you again next week. Thanks, bye. See you next week, buddy. 7.30, it's the bottom of the hour. Good morning of Friday with Michael Ted, Gene Valentino, Fox News Break Next.